Hopefully you're, you're ready, willing, and able to go. If you don't have a Bible, um, let me encourage you to uh, download one called Version. It's Y-O-U version. Um, it'll go on a, either Android or one of the iPhones. Uh, it's a great resource. Uh, not only do they have all kinds of different translations on there, but they have some uh, great uh, devotional material and um, it's a blessing to the to the uh, Christian community and to the world, actually. So praise God. Before we get started, let's uh, open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord God, for this time. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to join with each other in worship, Lord. Even though we may be uh, spread across the the hopefully the globe, but uh, distance-wise, Lord God, there is none. There's no distance that you can, can't cover, Lord. So, Lord, we just pray that you would just bless us this morning. Holy Spirit, you're the one that's going to teach us, and we're going to be open up to what you have for us today. So, Lord, just uh, help us in the name of Jesus, we pray, and uh, to glorify you. Amen and amen. Wow. Uh, Easter is strange this year. Uh, you know, I have... Uh, congregation of three people in the building right now you know it's it's different um most of us are staying home this year and it's really uh been weird um but if you think about it uh, we'd be normally buying gifts for uh easter and you know putting things up for easter and celebration uh buying new clothes and you can see i have a Easter tie on, you know, those kind of things. But, you know, um, one of the things that people always get is crosses during Easter. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you can go down to the dollar store and buy chocolate crosses. Now, you, we may not think that as being very strange, but have you ever thought about what the cross really is? Originally, the cross was a Roman tool that they used to execute criminals more than 2,000 years ago. It, was, it wasn't just a form of execution. It was a form of torture and humiliation where the victim usually suffocated to death from the weight of his own body. If you had worn a cross around your neck uh, back 2,000 years ago, uh, you would have been really weird. It would, it, it would have been like the, the same thing of wearing an, a little electric chair around your neck now. Um, now, I don't want you to stop wearing your crosses because the fact is that that ugly instrument uh, of death and, and humiliation has become a thing of elegance and beauty. And that's because of the... And that's just a testimony of, of what the work of Jesus did, not only on the cross, but especially being raised from the grave. The fact that the resurrection happened has changed of how the cross is viewed. The resurrection is, uh, is the day that took things that were broken, cruel, harsh, ugly, and repulsive and made them beautiful again. Because the resurrection is redemption. The resurrection is transformation. 
The resurrection doesn't make the cross a little less barbaric or a little smoother or a little kinder. The resurrection is so powerful and so all-encompassing that it takes that symbol of death and transforms it into our, our symbol of life and salvation. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe you haven't thought about uh, your cross like that before. But I want to bring you today back to the reality of what really happened on that day that, uh, that will be celebrated by more than 2 billion people across the world this weekend. We're going to look at two important aspects of the res- resurrection that go hand in hand. The reality of the event and, and the amazing, beautiful transformation that the event of the resurrection brings. Like those beautiful crosses that we wear around our necks. The resurrection points to a harsh reality while at the same time displaying an overwhelming beauty and transformation of grace. Without the resurrection, the cross is barbaric and meaningless. With the resurrection, the cross is our hope and life. As he lived, Jesus foretold his death and resurrection. We read about it in passages like Mark chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. It says, Jesus then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, And that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now Jesus' resurrection proves that everything that Jesus said, everything that Jesus said were true. It proves that his sacrifice for our sins on the cross accomplished its work. Since Jesus rose from the grave, we know that all who believe in him will be raised from the dead as well. Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 17 through 21, quote, and, if I, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. Paul had no doubts. The resurrection proved who Jesus is. A scholar by the name of John S. Whale said, quote, Belief in the resurrection is not an appendage to the Christian faith. It is the Christian faith. Unquote. It's the proof that all that Jesus did and all that Jesus said was true. Was true. Without the resurrection, when Jesus claimed 
in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Without the resurrection, that doesn't make sense. But because of the resurrection, that same claim is our great and only hope of salvation. This Resurrection Sunday, we have a great confidence in both the truth and the power of Jesus' resurrection. While scholars may argue over what Jesus' words meant, no serious Bible scholar denies that Jesus was a historical figure who had a profound impact on his immediate world. In fact, historical witnesses outside of the Bible confirm that Jesus was, was, had lived and that he was crucified. Amazingly, historical witnesses also prove that Jesus' earliest followers were extremely serious about their devotion to him, his teaching, and his resurrection. This brings us to another ugly reality that has a beautiful result. In the years after Jesus ascended into heaven, the, the disciples faced persecution and rejection. In Acts chapter 12, verse 2, it tells us that the apostle James was killed by Herod. The historian Josephus told us that James, the half-brother of Jesus, was stoned to death by Jewish leaders. The second century church father, Origen, wrote of Peter's crucifixion. Tr tradition tells us that all of the other remaining uh, apostles, except for John, died as martyrs. And there's convincing evidence both inside and outside of the Bible, that a number of the apostles died for their faith and that they all faced significant persecution for their belief in Jesus' resurrection. Now, Christianity isn't the only world religion that has martyrs. But what makes these martyrs so unique is that they died for their belief in something that they saw with their own eyes. Namely, Jesus' resurrection. Now, many people have died for what they truly believed as a result of what others have told them. But these apostles willingly gave their lives for what they saw with their own eyes rather than deny the resurrection. For that matter, Peter, James, the other James, and Paul knowingly and willingly died alone at the hands of various rulers for either a lie they purposely fabricated or for a historical event they witnessed with their own eyes. If you're claiming to believe something that you know is a lie, you're not going to die for it. They determined to believe and proclaim the resurrection. Even though that resurrection brought no fame, it brought no power or status to them. Rather, believing in the resurrection cost them everything. Everything. 
And herein we find the, the beautiful aspect of this reality. What a transformation had come about at the hand in the hearts of the disciples because of the certainty of the resurrection. You might remember that before the resurrection, Peter was afraid to admit to a young servant girl that he even knew Jesus. After the res- resurrection, Peter proclaimed the truth about Jesus, not just to one young slave girl, but to thousands of men and women. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John boldly spoke about Jesus. We're told that the high priest and, and leaders, quote, saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, and that they were astonished that, and took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's Acts chapter 4, verse 13. The beauty of the resurrection is the transformational power that it brings. Peter and John were changed by it. Countless others through the ages have been transformed by it. Today, you can be transformed by it as well. Because at the moment that the resurrection comes into our lives, and when we allow ourselves to be crucified with Christ, every other moment is transformed from being from being stuck and bound by the things of this earth to being freed and prepared for things of heaven. In the resurrection, you and I can say, God loves, God uses, God draws near to, God protects, and God helps people who have done things like the very worst I have done. But here's the thing. Because of the power of the resurrection... My failure is no longer my shame. It's been transformed by the resurrection into my story of how good God is, even when I'm not. How profound His love can be, even when we are unloving. How far can His grace reach when we fail? How completely He can change the way a person thinks, or how a person lives... Or even who a person is because of the resurrection. At some point, Jesus' half-brother, James, as one of the, is one of the greatest proofs that Jesus rose from the dead. We read in John chapter 7, verse 5, that before the resurrection, James, his half-brother, did not believe in Jesus. But after the resurrection, James is the central elder of the Christian church in Jerusalem. Now, think about it. Think about your brother or your sister for a moment. Now, in his, in his book, Irresistible, Andy Stanley asked uh, the insightful question. What would your brother have to do to convince you that he was the Son of God. Now some of us, that would be harder than others. But the truth is, wouldn't the answer have to be something like, rise from the dead? Before the crucifixion, 
Every single one of the 12 disciples deserted Jesus and they ran away. After the resurrection, all 11 of the surviving disciples boldly proclaimed the message of his death and resurrection. Something happened to them that can only be explained through the first-hand witness of the resurrection of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. If you have not experienced that transformative power of the resurrection in your life, today is the day to enter into it. If you have already put your faith in Jesus, today is the day to move forward in its power, to make you bold and to make you free. Think about the tomb. Through the resurrection, the cold heart, heart, hard, heartless tomb itself is transformed into a symbol of hope. Matthew 28, 13 shows us that there is little debate over, over whether or not the tomb was empty. Even Jesus' detractors admitted it was. The Jewish leaders bribed the guards and said, told them to say Jesus, uh, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. Even his detractors knew it was empty. Now when you're looking for a place to relax or to connect with others, I would guess that you wouldn't use a graveyard. Uh, the cemetery is the last place most of us would go to to find hope. But the resurrection does more than put a nice stamp on a tombstone. The, res the resurrection transforms its meaning. Its impact. And the result of the grave itself. Now that cold tomb is for us a symbol of hope and life. Hope is now found in the tomb because Jesus was not found in the tomb. He died for our sins and three, day, three days later he rose again from the dead. And that changed everything. The resurrection completely transforms death for those who believe in it. Without the resurrection, death is a tragic ending of life. With the resurrection, death is just the beginning of eternal life. Without the resurrection, death is where our strength finally runs out. With the resurrection, death is where our eternal glory begins. The Apostle Paul encourages us in, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. He said, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. <coughs> Excuse me. Set your heart. On things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. Not on earthly things. For you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. 
When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. <coughs> Sorry about that. My throat gets all dry when I start preaching here. Here's the thing. The change is complete. Watchman Nee said, Our old history ends with the cross. Our new history begins with the resurrection. And this may be the most precious and amazing transformation the resurrection brings. The resurrection makes us new. Will you enter into the resurrection today? If you've already done so, will you choose to live every day in the freedom, joy, and hope of the resurrection? The resurrection doesn't make us a little bit better. (laughs) The resurrection doesn't make us a little bit better. It's not one step on the road to self-improvement. It doesn't help us be good. What so many people don't understand is that being good or better isn't the issue. Being good enough or kind enough isn't what God is looking for. You see, to be human means to be broken. To be human means to be divided. To be human means to have potential for incredible nobility and moments of exceptional kindness and generosity. But it also means to have moments of selfishness, greed, and desperate depravity. In God, there is no duplicity. There's no corruption. So to be human means to be separate from God. In need of forgiveness and transformation that can only be found in the resurrection. If we want to be with God and in his presence. Some would say, well, if God wants to separate himself from me just because I'm human, I don't want anything to do with a God like that. But we have to understand is that we've separated ourselves from God. The crucifixion. And the resurrection are God's work to close the gap. And God loves you so much that he made a way for you despite your inherited and willful weakness of humanity. God has extended the the invitation of the resurrection to anyone who will simply put their faith in Jesus. He didn't make it too hard for us. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Paul said, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you don't want him on this earth, he's not going to force you to be with him forever in heaven. If you don't want to accept his invitation, he won't force you to take it. We need to understand this. God's call is not for you to be better. 
His plea is not get it under control. His call is come. Come to the cross and die to your control. Die to the substitutes for God in your life. Die to your sin that lingers all around you like bad breath. To take his invitation is is to lay down your pride and your weakness of your humanity and be transformed by the resurrection. Let the righteousness of Jesus make you right. Look to the goodness of God to make you good. Look to the forgiveness of the cross to make you whole. Let the power of the resurrection make you free. He doesn't want you to be good. He wants you to be forgiven so that you can be near. But let me remind you of where we began. The cross that some of us wear around our neck or on our wrists. This symbol reminds us that God's heart is to take that which is coarse, dark, and broken and to resurrect it into something beautiful. So I want to give you the, the, the opportunity to join in on the resurrection right now. It's not because I want you to be like me. It's because I hope for your soul to be beautiful and free. I hope that you will experience what it means to have your most ugly moments transformed into the story of God's forgiveness, love, and grace. That change begins with a prayer. But I want you to know it doesn't end there. In fact, praying this prayer from your heart means that you want to live in the resurrection For the rest of your life. And for all eternity. It means that you ask Jesus. To forgive your sins. And guide your life. When you make this decision through prayer. You will be changed. Whether you feel like it or not. You will be forgiven. You will be a child of God. But it's not the end. It's the beginning of lifelong transformation where resurrection, where the resurrection works deeper and deeper into your heart as it comes through into your life. And whether you pray that for the first time now or if you've given your life over to Jesus years ago, I want you to challenge, I want to challenge you to come back and join us here next week and to take the next step in your journey. So if that's the journey you want to begin, if you want to accept God's invitation, pray this resurrection prayer with me right now. I'll lead you in it. You can repeat after me. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I recognize that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. So I invite you to come into my life 
establish yourself as my Savior by forgiving me of my sins and my Lord by me placing my trust in you. So today, in this prayer time, with my mouth I confess and in my heart I believe that you are resurrected from the dead and that you are the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, if you have questions, if you have a prayer request, Please contact us so we can, we can pray and we can help you grow in the Lord. You can send us a, a private message on Facebook. Or you can email us at middleriverag at gmail.com. It's Middle River, all one word, middleriverag at gmail.com. God bless you. And I hope you have a blessed Resurrection Sunday because Jesus is alive. Amen.